When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So once again, I'm bringing up the topic of the U.S. national debt. Now, I know it might seem like I'm just beating a dead horse here. I feel like I've brought it up like a dozen times in the last month or two. Talk about the national debt and why it's such a big problem. But I really feel like I'm peeling back on some layers here, both for me personally and also kind of sharing some of this stuff with you as to why I think it's such a big deal, why we are in a very dire situation and why I think that this is, you know, borderline urgent. I'm not saying the next couple of months, the next year, you know, the whole thing's going to come crashing down necessarily. Certainly many of the conditions are present for that, but that's not what I'm saying here. I'm not going to make a timely prediction, uh, at least over that short of a time span. Um, with that being said, over the next couple of years, you know, I, I don't think that this is something that can continue for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. No, I think the time for that is over. In fact, you know, we saw Warren Buffett come out recently uh, kind of trashing gold and saying, hey, if I bought gold back in the day because I didn't like deficits, uh, this is how much I would have made. And that pales in comparison to if I, you know, bought an index fund for the stock market. Uh, but you got to understand that that things change. This is a dynamic system. And Warren Buffett has spent most of his lifetime, or at least the lifetime in which he's he's been active in the markets and whatnot, in in more or less a, a different reality. And even that reality has shifted over the years. Uh, you know, post World War II reality uh, through the fifties and sixties to the inflationary seventies, the, the removal of the gold standard, the the beginning of the massive accumulation of U.S. deficits, and etc. But but we're moving into a significant change here, and I think this whole uh, idea from Warren Buffett that hey, it hasn't mattered yet, uh, therefore it won't matter in the future is is foolish, and and unfortunately that's what a lot of Americans kind of feel about the national debt today. Of course, you're looking at it right here. Uh, this is outdated. We're actually over $22 trillion as I speak. Um, and so I want you to use this as a resource that you you can better understand it. You can use this to better argue these points against those that advocate for just ridiculous ideas like MMT or endless spending or whatever. Uh, you can use this as a resource to, whether it's this video directly or podcast or, or paraphrasing this for your friends or relatives that you're trying to talk to about uh, the dangers uh, within the the financial system as it relates to their investment portfolio, their retirement, etc. And you can use this as a reminder as to why silver and gold and real tangible assets are really, I think, going to be a a benefit a benefit or benefactor of this this shift over the next five to ten years. It's certainly shorter than that, but that's kind of the time span I'm putting on it. Uh, because you know it's it's weeks like this where silver and gold are down you know significantly after a a, a pretty exciting rally that we need a reminder that hey everything is not awesome right everything is not okay and things haven't changed we're still in a major uh, uh, bubble and and debt still matters no matter what the markets feel no matter what the the latest uh, you know Harvard trained economist or whoever thinks uh no it's it absolutely still matters and 
uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So using this Google Docs for a real quick uh, low-tech uh, outline here. First of all, these are kind of bullet points to take away from this. First of all, Fed normalization will be proven to be unpalatable, not impossible. Meaning, yeah, the Fed could raise interest rates a ton. They could normalize their balance sheet. It's not impossible, but they won't do it for some of the reasons I'll be laying out in this video today. Second of all, the national debt will, I'll put that in all caps, will be proven to be highly inflationary. We'll be talking about that here as well. Finally, interest rates, not talking about the Fed funds rate necessarily, I'm just talking otherwise interest rates, whether this is LIBOR or, or other market rates for, for consumers and corporations and whatnot, will have to rise with a caveat. And I'll be talking about that as well. So those are the big takeaways from this video. Let's get into it. I know I've already been talking for way too long. All right, this is Fed balance sheet. And I wanna really synthesize this current quantitative tightening with uh, the, the current accumulation of, of national debt. Okay, so basically, I think most people know at this point, even the people on the Federal Reserve know that normalization is not gonna happen. Nowhere close. I mean, what, what is normalization of the Fed balance sheet? You could extrapolate this to maybe 1.6, 1.5, even $2 trillion uh, on the Fed balance sheet between U.S. Treasury bonds and mortgage-backed securities. Uh, but, but the problem with that is that it would only compound this, this crowding out issue and this massive accumulation of deficits that we've been seeing as of late. So I want to put this in perspective. This is an article from, from Wolf Street that I covered actually a couple of weeks ago in a, in a video. And it was talking about who bought, who is buying all of this debt that the U.S. government is issuing. And basically the conclusion, I think this is Wolf Richter that wrote this. He's coming to, maybe it's somebody else. Well, let's check. Yeah, Wolf Richter. Okay. The conclusion he comes to is that foreign holders, both official and private sector, are selling. Federal Reserve, as we can see right here, is selling. Who is buying? Well, U.S. government entities such as pension funds, Social Security, etc., are buying a little bit, $20 billion out of uh, the, the total uh, almost $1.5 trillion that, that's been issued over the last 12 months. And then who's been buying the rest? Mostly... Uh, domestic investors, large banks, hedge funds, other pension funds. Uh, let's see, pension funds would be U.S. government pension funds, so other pension funds, mutual funds, and other institutions, along with individuals, investors, and their brokerage accounts or their accounts with the U.S. Treasury. That's who's been buying over a trillion dollars worth. But the, the problem with that is that, you know, there's this notion out there that somebody's always going to fund the debt. Somebody's always going to buy this deficit spending. And I think that this proves that that's not necessarily the case. Foreign holders are selling. Fed is selling. Now, that's not always going to be the case, as we'll see here. The U.S. government entities are barely buying. It's mostly been domestic buyers. But how much are they able to buy 
going forward. You know, we can see right here uh, of the $21.9 trillion of U.S. debt, U.S. institutions and individuals own $7.5 trillion. Now, now keep that in mind, 7.5, that's, you know, they increased it by something like $1.36 trillion over a 12-month period, but, but $7.5 trillion. Okay, keep that number in mind. Total public debt, currently around $22 trillion, okay? Over the next three years, now keep that number in as well, 36 months, roughly three years, I'm going to guess that that national debt is going to increase, meaning how many bonds they'll have to issue, is going to increase by, let's say in a non-recession, let's say we don't have a recession, okay? It's going to increase by about four and a half to five trillion, okay? We'll go with five trillion for a nice round number and, and because debt tends to rise uh, faster than expected at the federal level. So $5 trillion has to be funded somehow. But wait, there's more because going back to normalization is going to be unpalatable. We're currently at $4 trillion. Over the next three years, the Fed will have normalized, in the next, next 40 months roughly, they will have, if they continue in this pace, they will have somewhat normalized it to, to $2 trillion, which still would be too high, but, but it's better. Okay, $2 trillion. So that's an additional $2 trillion worth of debt that somebody has to buy. And, and I know what some of you maybe more more astute watchers and listeners are thinking. Well, okay, come on, Matt. You're, you're being a little bit dishonest here because that $2 trillion that they're shedding, that's not all U.S. debt. Some of that's mortgage-backed securities. To which I would say, you're right, but does it matter? Yes, it matters to some extent. There's a distinct difference between mortgage-backed securities and U.S. debt. The buyers of those two oftentimes are, are, have things in common, right? It's, it's going to be pension funds, institutional investors, individuals, investors, etc. But they're not going to be bought at the same ratio by any means. However, in the whole scheme of things, I think we're going to notice, trend, notice this trend over the next couple of years of a crowding out of the uh, of the debt markets. Going back to, to why rates have to rise, uh, the other bullet point here, because so much extra debt is going to come onto the market. At the consumer level, yes. At the corporate level, yes. But especially at the federal level, okay? So to put this in perspective, $5 trillion increase, okay? Who's going to buy that? U.S. institutions and individuals? They'd have to increase their holdings to 12.5. I mean, you have to keep in mind, that over the whole time span that the U.S. government has been increasing their debt to to $22 trillion, right? Or even just the increase from, from 10 to 22, which has been uh, roughly since, you know, 2008, 2009, that time period. Uh, th that's about a $12 trillion, you know, increase. Uh, and U.S. institutional individuals and individuals have bought about $7.5 trillion worth of that. They would have to move that all the way up to 12.5 trillion to, you know, fund this future deficit, plus whatever the Fed would potentially unwind from their balance sheet. Um, now, this is again, this goes back to part of the reason why I think normalization is going to be unpalatable. Not only for this reason, but also because interest rates would would uh, be driven up too much, and that would further put a pressure on total public debt because of the cost to fund it. But but $5 trillion plus the extra treasuries from the Fed uh, that will be unwound over the next couple months before they ultimately stop QT. So let's say $5.5 trillion. That's conservative. I think it's going to be closer to 7 8 or $9 trillion. But, but even $5.5 trillion, who's going to buy that? Foreign holders? Well, the trend has been that they're selling, okay? U.S. government entities? Again, that's that's even less, I think, flexible 
uh, than, than, than a lot of these other categories. And, and they're not going to buy a lot, even if they bought $1 trillion, okay, which would be a pretty significant increase, like a 16-some percent increase, 16-plus. Uh, okay, that still leaves $4.5 trillion, okay? Foreign holders, let's say they're going to move up, what, what is that going to be, like 33%, 30%, something like that, to buy $2 trillion worth, Okay, now we're down to two and a half trillion, and then they're going to have to increase theirs by thirty-three percent. Okay, like is there enough money out there? Is there enough demand? I mean, certainly U.S. institutions and individuals who falls in that category. Where we're looking again at at banks, hedge funds, pension funds, pension funds. I mean, the trend for them has been towards stocks, and, and their total account holdings have been decreasing as as I think it becomes increasingly apparent that they're a a Ponzi scheme. Uh, now, mutual funds, maybe if more people pour money into those, if they, if they modify their holdings some, maybe that can can uh, account for some of it. Maybe hedge funds, maybe American banks. But again, we're talking about a 33% increase in their total holdings over a three-year period. Can it happen? Well, ultimately, I think it's going to have to. Somebody's going to have to buy it. Now, the Fed's going to play a role in this, but it goes back to this. Interest rates are going to have to rise. Now, what's the caveat with this? There's a couple. Interest rates don't necessarily have to rise in the U.S. for a couple different reasons. First of all, what if we have a big stock market crash? There's potentially a scenario where a lot of money moves into the bond market. Now, in the long term, yes, yields could come down and a lot of this debt could be funded. Long term, though, uh, a big crash in the stock market and an ensuing recession would drive up deficits even higher. Okay, so that's that kind of compounds the problem. Long term, that's not a good picture. Um, the other potential option here is what if China and Canada and Australia and Europe and, and all these other economies fall apart and the U.S. somehow stays afloat and all of this money instantly rushes in as we see the yuan, the euro, and all these other pound, all these other currencies, uh, the yen, uh, they all fall there and, and all this money rushes into U.S. That Certainly, there's enough money out there to do that. Yields could go down a ton from where they are now, even if I think they're crazy low right now. That's a possibility. Long term, that's not going to be a good solution. And I don't, certainly don't think that the rest of the world is going to fall into a recession and, and the U.S. somehow won't. Although, I mean, the possibility of us looking like a safe haven for a short period of time, that, that potentially is an option. But, but again, we're still going to have increasing deficits. We're still going to have a ton of debt to fund. And I get back to the, the crowding out. I mean, at some point, as debt continues to increase, somebody has to buy all of this debt. If the U.S. government issues an extra five-plus trillion dollars of debt over the next uh, three years, that's going to be competing with corporate debt, with consumer debt, with the mortgage-backed securities that the Fed's trying to unload. It's going to be competing with foreign government debt, foreign corporate debt, all of this debt that is out there in the system. And yields have to rise unless, you know, the ultimate caveat, because if every all that money rushed into the United States, well, yields would rise overseas maybe, just not in the United States. And, and ultimately, I think yields would have to rise everywhere for, for a variety of reasons, inflation and, and, and other factors. Uh, but, but the ultimate caveat to, to yields maybe potentially not rising over the next three years, years would be if the Fed choose to step in and monetize all that debt, uh, not, not just necessarily U.S. debt, but also uh, corporate securities, uh, more private debt like mortgage-backed securities, or, or hey, they could monetize the entire you know student loan, uh, student loan 
uh, debt program, you know, north of, of a trillion dollars. Um, they, they could step in and fund it. They could try and drive down yields. Now, it's, it's, it'll be, it be seen if it's going to be successful. But ultimately, this leads us back to the second bullet point here. The national debt will be proven to be highly inflationary. That level of QE will be inflationary. It's going to have to happen. They're going to have to stop QT. They're going to have to lower interest rates to, to reduce the, the, the burden of the debt on the economy as well as the, 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 the interest rate expense on the U.S. government. That's going to be inflationary. They're going to have to start the printing presses again. They're going to have to monetize this debt. They're going to have to buy all sorts of other debt instruments most likely. And, and all of this is happening over the next couple of years. I mean, that's really the situation we're in. And when I'm talking about $5 trillion in debt, that's without a recession, which we're, we're almost sure to experience over that time period, if not 2019, 2020. And, and what is that going to mean? Is that going to be $7 trillion in deficits, $10 trillion? It, it's hard to say. I mean, it gets really unpredictable at that point. But we're talking about a massive crowding out in the debt markets. It's going to drive yields up to a crushing level. The Fed is going to have to monetize it. Central banks around the world are going to have to monetize this debt, buy all these debt instruments. And that's going to be highly inflationary. You know, this goes back to my, my video that I, I published yesterday. I actually recorded it just prior to recording this. But, you know, if you're looking for a reason as to why real assets are, are in such prime position to benefit from, from these bigger factors, uh, reference this right here. Normalization is not going to happen, both at the interest rate level and at the balance sheet level. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. The national debt, it will be proven to be highly inflationary, no matter what MMT uh, uh, proponents are, are talking about. It, it's No, it's, it's going to be inflationary in the end. It, it's reaching an unsustainable level. We cannot continue with a trillion dollar, trillion and a half dollar deficits uh, the funding is just not there outside of the Federal Reserve. And of course, that's going to be highly inflationary. And interest rates will have to rise unless the Fed tries to drive them all down. But that's just going to drive up interest rate. That's going to destroy savings. That's going to destroy investments and ultimately the economy. It's 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 not looking pretty out there. And I think this is really urgent. I think this is, again, I'm not talking next couple months, not even next year. People will continue to ignore this. But you're going to see, I think, this ultimately play out uh, in the next couple of years uh, within these various markets. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, going back to these caveats, money can rush into the United States. The, the treasury market, the, the U.S. dollar, et cetera, we've seen this happen in the past, right? It doesn't have to be a rational market for yields to go down and prices to go up. That can absolutely happen. And it very well, in fact, I, I think it will happen at some point in the future in, during this three-year time period. But will it be enough? Because once you look past this three-year time period, things don't get any better, right? These deficits don't go down. No, they continue to go up, and we're going to need more and more funding, and this crowding out is going to continue to to uh, uh, to, to to drive interest rates up. And and ultimately, you know, the other thing to keep in mind here is is you know even with that caveat of 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 uh, of capital rushing into the United States and the treasury bond market, A, that would be breaking the trend that we've seen over the last year of foreign holders selling debt. Okay, but B, the reputation of the dollar and of U.S. treasury bonds is on the decline. 
And somehow I don't think an extra $5 trillion of debt is going to help that. I just don't see that happening. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on video down below in the comment section. Tell me if you like these types of videos, these informational types of videos, where we're kind of, again, peeling back the layers of this onion, if you will, you know, like a Shrek reference or something. Uh, let me know what you think of this down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.